0: Welcome to The Sauce, a St. Louis restaurant podcast. I'm Liz Wolfson. I'm Mira Nagarajan. Mira, where have
1: you eaten this week? I went to Katie's Pizza and pasta in Ballpark Village because they had a special wine dinner.
0: Oh, a wine dinner.
1: Love that. Love a wine dinner. Uh, They invited, um, they extended an invitation to sauce. So I got the chance to go, which I was very excited to try all the food and really excited to learn about the wine, which the winery that they were working with is La Spinetta. And they paired, I think it was seven courses with a wine from that company.
0: Oh, is that an Italian? Are they based in Italy? Yes, okay. I think it's in Piedmont. Okay, Piedmont, so Northern Italy. Yes,
1: and they also have another wine company called Contrato, and they make different sparklings, vermouths and stuff. So there were a number of different brands on display, and it was really amazing because they shut down The restaurant, the whole restaurant is pretty big. If you've been to the Ballpark Village location, it's designed to welcome Cardinals fans after a game. So it has to be pretty big. And when we were there, they had shut down the restaurant and it was all uh, customers that had paid to come and be a part of this dinner. And it was really fun. They had like a live band And right when you walked in, I thought this was like a classy touch. Right when you walked in and checked in with your name, they handed you an empty wine glass and they were like, okay, go to the bar for your first pour. Okay. And that was really fun. I just love the directive of like, you're here. You're on the list. Go and do this now, you know? Mm-hmm, Love mm-hmm. a little direction. Yes,
0: yes. Go here, drink this. Go here, drink this.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so the first wine that I tried was like a sparkling Brut. And it was this like really nice kind of dry, sparkling white wine. I was sitting near the band, so it felt very like lively. Mm-hmm. I am the type of diner where it's like, I like the ambiance, mm-hmm, you know? Mm-hmm. And I'm we got to chit-chat with people And meeting, it turns out for me, at least, meeting people at a wine dinner, it's like we already have a lot in common. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. We want to be here and we want to drink wine. And so we had great conversations with people I'd never met before, which was very fun. My favorite courses, I would say, of the seven were... The lobster fumet blanc, which is on the menu at Katie's Pizza at Ballpark Village. It's a lobster thermidor. Mm, The lobster thermidor, yes. It is so, so good. I love the presentation of it. It's very, you know, grand and it feels very special. Mm -hmm. Very dramatic. Yeah. And then the sixth course was this white truffle pasta with this the noodles were in i think it was just butter and parmesan cheese and then they shaved white truffles on top and they paired it with a la spinetta barolo from 2019 Mm -hmm. that was really such a killer combo Mm, nice i love pasta i love truffles turns (laughs) out i love barolo what style is a barolo barolo is a piedmontese wine Mm -hmm. and it's made from nebbiolo grapes Mm -hmm. and people claim that it's like one of the best wines out of the region Mm -hmm. it's supposed to have a lot of concentrated flavor Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. full-bodied and what i loved about it was i think like the pairing made so much sense Mm. and it tasted they tasted good together i learned from glenn bargett who has been a longtime contributor to sauce he is the sommelier at annie guns and he um always says you know the best wine to pair with any dish is a wine that you really like to drink Mm -hmm. (laughs) so it doesn't like you know there's like the science and the ideas of this flavor and that But he was like, truly, if you just like Barolo, drink it with whatever and it's going to taste good with everything because that's what you like.
0: So do you think that you will start looking for Barolos when you are shopping for wine now? Why not? Why not? Why not?
1: (laughs) Um, But it was really special. It was a fun, special event. And... I look forward to more wine dinners generally. I feel like more and more people are doing that. Haven't we noticed? Yes.
0: It does seem like we have. I mean, it's funny because I feel like several weeks ago, we were talking about wine dinners. I think it was in the wake of our visit to the VinFresh offices, Mm -hmm. and we had started talking about wine dinners and how there aren't as many wine dinners around but wine dinners are so fun and then you know we mentioned the ones that they do periodically at elia mm-hmm. um and but since then yes it seems like we have gotten more and more announcements about other restaurants like starting to do ta- you know we got invited to the one at katie's we just got found out about one that's happening at westchester that's right. in chesterfield mm-hmm um that seems like maybe more of like a one-off for them but who knows maybe this means that they're going to start doing regular wine dinners at Westchester yeah I mean it's a great I mean as you say what a great opportunity to meet other folks who are into food and wine yeah (laughs) or at least wine yes (laughs) so yeah I'm happy to see more of those popping up
1: yeah At Katie's, they said anyway, they decided to partner with La Spinetta for the wine dinner because their supplier is Bomarito Wines, Mm -hmm. which is a local wine distributor. Mm -hmm. And Katie Collier of Katie's Pizza and Pazza has been working with Bomarito Wines for a long time and helped her decide on who to collaborate with. And I think in the future, she's going to look to them again to help her collaborate with another winemaker. And Mm
0: -hmm. Should be fun, yeah. And you know, a wine dinner is different from like a tasting event, right? So, like a lot of the wine bars around town, like thirty three mm-hmm. um, you know, they do their tastings every Tuesday, yeah, which a great event. Yes, there's always a theme. They're always looking at, you know, a particular region or, you know, there's some kind of theme. So those are great, but a little different, right? Like with a dinner, it's a more kind of intensive experience, I feel like. You have yeah. more courses. There are more wines that are served. You're able to drink more because you're eating more. Yeah. Right? Like, that's the thing about a tasting. I mean, a tasting is great, but, like, you know, either you're you're tasting and spitting or, I mean, you, not to be gross, No, no, it's I'm true. Sorry. It's true. No, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, or uh, you're, you know, you're drinking a little bit more. But, you know, if there's not as much to kind of... Have in your stomach, you know. I mean, for one thing, you're not going to fully experience that wine because you always appreciate, you know, different aspects of wine. When you have it with food. Yes. Um, And also, you can just drink a little more if you have things going into your stomach besides wine. (laughs) It's just more fun this (laughs) way. It's just more fun. So, yes. Yay for wine dinners. Have fun. What about you? What did you do? Well, Saturday, Ryan and I were out running errands. And so we decided to pop into Perennial on Lockwood for lunch. So fun. Had not been there in quite some time. And so I was happy to just get to hang out like in their their dining room. I mean, every time that I've tried it previously, we had gotten it to go and brought it to the office. So to actually get to eat there was a real treat. And it gave me a chance to, you know, not just Appreciate the great food. I mean, you know, Perennial on Lockwood was a best new restaurant when they opened, I believe, in 2020. They have, I just remember that chicken, the chicken thigh sandwich, yep. which is still on the menu, which we went crazy for at the office. Yeah. I remember when we first tried it. And the onion rings. Yes, the onion rings are so good. So good. Um, so we've, and uh, the pretzel monkey bread. Yeah. We was and Eat This. So we've written about several different dishes at Perennial on Lockwood. So I took this opportunity to try a couple of new to me things. Mm -hmm. So we started with the whipped quark starter, and that is from Sweet Springs, which is a Missouri-based cheesemaker. And that's served with a pistachio pesto and honey. So a little bit of sweetness, a little, you know, little earthiness from the nuts. So that was a, a great starter. Very generous. Ended up taking like half of it home with us, which made a great snack later in the day. And then I also had the curry corn chowder, which was great. Very generous. Um, That's made with local corn, bell pepper, potatoes. It's a yellow curry. It has coconut milk and it's served over white rice. So a great fall dish. It's not, we're not in quite into like cold soup weather yet, but I feel like we're finally starting to move in that direction. So I was, um, I always love, I love a chowder and I love curry. So very excited to try that. It was really (laughs) tasty. But what was really fun about eating there was that I got to sample multiple beers So I tried the Slow and Steady, which is a Belgian-style saison with grapefruit, lemon, and lime, so very kind of, like, light and citrusy. I tried the Finding My Way, which is a extra-special bitter that's brewed with hickory bark and sweet clover. That's foraged by their friends at Scratch Brewing and so Ava. So cool. So kind of a little bit of a collab kind of thing. That's Love really Scratch. Nice. Yeah, that was really, really tasty. You know, a little strong, you know, cause it was kind of that bitter style, but I really liked it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I bet it was good with like those, the cheese dip yes, and stuff like that. Yes, yes. It was really good. And then the last one that I tried was, The Trail Ridge, which is an American wheat ale brewed with grapefruit and dry hopped with Amarillo. That was also, you know, very tasty. I ended up doing, so I did little tastes of all three of those and I ended up doing like a pint of the Slow and Steady just because that was kind of the easiest drinking of the three. So for like the meal that made the most sense, but I really enjoyed getting to sample all of those. Perennial perennial Artisan Ales, such a... Local, you know, talent in the beer space—they just do such great stuff, and that's why it's really fun to go to their tap rooms because you can try, you know, lots of different things. Yeah. So that was really fun. Also, recently we took a little staff lunch to El Milagro Azteca, yeah. the new Mexican place from the folks that own Jay Smugs. They have the gastropit. Next door, which is just like a barbecue place. This is so El Malagra Azteca and the Gastro Pit are both on Southwest, just west of Kinks Highway. So where Vanda Venner crosses uh, Kinks Highway and turns into Southwest, the old Taco Circus spot. R.I.P. that Taco Circus. Um, <laughs> they have now taken it over and They are offering Mexican food, and we sat on the patio and had a delicious giant plate of nachos.
1: Yes, it was the steak Yes, steak nachos, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. not the pulled pork, which was an option. They also had a veggie option, Mm -hmm. but we got the steak one. I thought it was good. I liked it.
0: Yes, I thought, you know, they were like, the chips were like the very thin style. Mm -hmm. They weren't like a heavier kind of uh, corn chip, and our waitress was a delight. Yeah, she I think service. she was in a boot. I mean and she was just she was killing it though. She was you wouldn't she didn't miss a beat. No. And they have several Mexican beers on draft. So, you know, if you're a draft person, which you know, I think I like to a draft option when it's available. So they have both Pacifico and a couple of different modellos on draft. I had the Pacifico, which I love that beer. So I was very, very happy with that. And then we also tried their churros. They have a churro cart. Yes. So that was, to me, why I was was interested in going, because
1: I love churros. (laughs) And we love a cart. Yeah, we love the spritz cart over at Salve. We love churros from Idle Wolf. And now a churro cart has emerged. And the churro cart, I think it was 18. And you get a number of churros with several different dipping sauces. So They had a caramel dipping sauce, a fruity one, a chocolate one. There might have been others, but we didn't go for the cart because after... All the things that we ordered, we yep. decided we to like, have some restraint. <laughs> but the churros were good, and they had a dulce de leche or caramel of some kind already inside. Yeah. So I didn't even need a dip. I, I just know. went straight churro.
0: I felt the same when I bit into it. I was like, hold on. Because like usually with a churro, the reason you dip it is because the churro is like a little dry. Mm-hmm. But like then I bit into it, and I was like, wait, there's like this is very moist. Yeah, there's something <laughs> happening. Yeah, there's something happening. So... Um, yeah, so we tried El Milagro Azteca. Yeah, standard. Standard yeah. place. Yeah, yeah. But recommend the
1: nachos. Absolutely. Recommend the churros, yep. for sure. Yep, yep, And draft Mexican beers. And draft Mexican beers. <laughs> Can't go wrong. Um, I also got a chance to stop by the wine merchant in Olivet. Mm. The new location. They have... Relocated from their original location in Clayton and now they're in Olivet on Olive, just west of 170 by the Sugar Fire Smokehouse. Yes. And I really forgot actually, because we mentioned the wine merchant in our Guide to Drinking mm-hmm. issue mm-hmm. and their relocation and kind of the advantages of the new space, but. I totally forgot that their grand opening was on September 9th and I just happened
0: to go in because <laughs> I was
1: like I want to see what's going on over here let me poke my head in and the first person I saw when I walked in was the owner Jason Maine mm-hmm. and it was very fun to see the wine merchant on opening day because literally every few seconds that I was getting to talk to the owner Somebody was coming over to congratulate him Mm. and, like, give him a big hug and, like, Mm. ask a question or give their, you know, offer their congratulations. And I thought that was so nice. Um, And he is so knowledgeable and clearly, people love him because he just guides them to great bottles mm-hmm. to keep at their house. Mm-hmm. And so, everyone was—I was feeling that energy, and I was excited about that. Mm-hmm. Um, he showed me their like champagne wall, which he goes to champagne every year. I mean, good for him to try. Yes, he should yes to try different <laughs> growers champagnes, which is people who grow the grapes are the same people who make the champagne. He loves finding small. Mm-hmm champagne producers there and he's so you know familiar that he was able to kind of point to things and be like oh this person's great or this property is so fun to visit and then they have this uh, big classroom set up in the front of the store kind of off to the side where they host classes I think it's maybe around forty dollars for a Particular class, I guess the price can vary, but the one that I was looking at was they were bringing in food from Kate Zone, which is the Chinese restaurant on Olive of East of One Seventy, mm-hmm. and they were bringing in all these Chinese dishes. And I think it was around forty or forty five dollars, and then you 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 would get to go to the class and try some of the dishes that they picked out and then taste the wines that they would recommend you pair it with. So fun.
0: So So fun.
1: That's just like a fun resource. And I think they have one on the week during the week Mm -hmm. and one on the weekend. Mm, Nice. Uh, They were also pouring, which I think they do pretty frequently, is pour samples, I think on the weekends Mm -hmm. they do. Mm -hmm. So when I went, I tried a number of Sicilian wines that they were pouring at the bar and they had somebody there was like explaining... A little bit about each wine and that was very fun. The wines that I got to try were that I really loved were from Coss Winery, mm-hmm. which is a winery on the farthest tip of southeastern Sicily. Mm-hmm. And it was a family run kind of operation. Mm-hmm. And and they're growing grapes that are indigenous mm-hmm. to Sicily. So mm. I hadn't heard of these. I mean, like I hadn't heard of these grapes. What do I know? But it was a Nero diavola together with a Frappeto, mm. which was my favorite wine blend. It was called the Sarasulo di Vittoria DOCG mm-hmm. from Cass Winery, mm. and they were just like so knowledgeable. Like, mm. oh, this they're they're using these grapes for this reason. Et cetera. And so it's just if you're if you're there to just taste, mm-hmm. you don't have to learn. You can just enjoy. Sure. But if you're really curious, there's so many people there that you could talk to that really will help you understand why you like something.
0: Yeah, that's so great. So happy for them that they have this new space. I know that it's increased their square footage. The parking is also. The parking um, is very easy. Yes. And more, more plentiful than previously. So, um, you know, so happy for them. You know, Wine Merchant has been a great resource for, for wine in the St. Louis area for like decades. Yeah. So it's so great to see them just continuing to grow and evolve. Speaking of wine. It continues to be the month of September, <laughs> so we continue to discuss the great stories that were slash are a part of our September Guide to Drinking issue. So one story that we were really excited to get to work on is act- was actually written for us by Alicia Blackwell Calvert, um, who is a longtime expert source for us in yes. our efforts to share useful information about wine with our readers. She's an advanced
1: sommelier, and she's with the Cinder House at the Four Seasons currently, but she's worked at so many great restaurants over the years Mm -hmm. and has been such a reliable source for us on helping readers buy wine.
0: Yes. And so when we were talking to Alicia for... You know, when we were doing our research for this issue, you know, she was talking with us about, you know, just um, helping us research for this year's Guide to Drinking. And she had mentioned these um, wines from Missouri that she had uh, recently encountered through, you know, she does a lot of judging of wine competitions. She also does judging for mead competitions, but obviously wine is kind of her primary wheelhouse. And so she was really excited about some of these new wines from the state and so we you know we were so curious to learn more about this and she's so knowledgeable we just said alicia will you write the story for us yeah and she very graciously did
1: yeah i think a lot of people who consume missouri wine really enjoy it especially because they get to go to these really nice properties And spend the day, pack a picnic or like hang out or whatever. So it's like a really enjoyable experience. A lot of places provide that, like Nobles, which Mm -hmm. we talk about in the story. Mm -hmm. They have a beautiful property. But this story was more about, less about the experience of going somewhere and more about if I want to be a consumer of local Missouri wine, what are the bottles that a sommelier would tell me are worth getting? And these were the four that she landed with.
0: So it's really interesting. So she focuses on two grapes that particularly thrive in the particular climate that we have here in Missouri. And those are the Vignole and Chamberson. Vignole is white. Chamberson is red. And these particular Vines are hardy, you know, for our climate, which is both hot and humid in the summertime, but also very cold in the winter. So she talks about three vineyards that are using these grapes and producing wines in a way that really brings out the best in these particular grapes. And so we actually just in the office had the opportunity to try both the Vignole Reserve and the, the Chamberson from Robler Vineyard, which we were so grateful that Jerry Muller, who is their winemaker and owner, you know, dropped some of these off for us. And I really enjoyed both of them, but especially the Vignole. You yeah. know, it, it's a very sharp flavor.
1: In our conversation with Alicia, the big conversation was about how Missouri wine has can have a reputation for being on the sweeter side. And she talked about how the climate being so hot in the summertime makes the fruit really ripe and it can make the wine taste really sweet. And so um, the Vignoles, which is a hybrid, as is the Chamberson, is pretty versatile and she also talked about Robler Vineyard, which is a new haven, as being kind of unique in the sense that there is a limestone deposit that runs through their vineyard. So she also mentions other notable wine regions with limestone-based soils include Champagne, Burgundy, and the Rhone Valley. So she talks about Jerry's approach to winemaking using a more European approach. right? And... The wine that we tried, the Vignoles, which was the 2021 Vignoles Reserve, it was very like sharp, tart. It wasn't sweet and thick. It was like, it was, you know, had some good minerality to it. Mm-hmm. You said green apple. She described golden apple. So there's definitely some apple going right. <laughs> on for sure. And she also described a note of underripe pineapple, lemon zest, a creamy texture. And We opened it and poured it right out of the fridge. But I do think that after about 15, 20 minutes of it being at room temperature from being fridge cold, that's when you could really taste some of the descriptors she was talking about.
0: Yeah, I agree. It definitely benefited from coming up to room temp a bit. But I think a lot of times, at least for me, I associate those notes of crispness, minerality with a much lighter bodied. Wine. So, you know, thinking about like a Vino Verde or like a Gruner Veltliner, those are just lighter bodied generally. Whereas this had a little more, the mouthfeel was. Not a heavy, heavy, but like more of a medium, I would say. Yeah. Especially for that tartness. Yeah, that creamy texture. And she talks about, you know, how he's working with, you know, he's very um purposefully selecting the yeast strains that he's using and his fermentation, you know, the way he's aging, the way he's, you know, choosing to put it on oak for certain amounts of time. To put it in metal barrels for certain amounts of time, you know, there's really a lot of, you know, thoughtfulness that's going into to the production technique
1: there, yeah. and that that wine you can find at Straub's for twenty five. Mm-hmm.
0: A couple of others that she talks about are the um, Noblesse, um dry Vignole. She specifically mentions the twenty twenty two, and she describes that as light bodied but highly aromatic expressing fresh pineapple, lemon curd, ripened white peach, and lemon verbena. And then the other one that she mentions is the 2020 Eagles Landing Edgecliff Chamberson. That is a vineyard that I am not as familiar with. Yeah, I love that she talked about the
1: winemaker, Eric Taylor, who is an advanced sommelier as well. And he's applying some of his background knowledge and modern techniques to making wine, which I thought was really exciting. She kind of compared it to this Eagles Landing Edge Club Chamberson. I like that she compared it to a Gamay from Beaujolais, Mm. Um, something like, Mm -hmm, you mm -hmm. know, quaffable, drinkable, easy.
0: Yeah, yeah. So four wines made here in Missouri that are really representative of kind of new approaches and a new style, hopefully, we hope. Yeah,
1: and they're all under, they're all 26 or under, and with the exception of the 2017 Robler-Chamberson Reserve, which retails for 40 but, you know, they're aging it for a while, so that's probably... I'm sure. I'm sure it has an effect on the price.
0: Yes. And available at at local retailers or those vineyards. So check out that story in the digital September issue of Sauce Magazine at SauceMagazine.com. So, Mira, where are we eating next?
1: Well, I had made a reservation for Rated Test Kitchen, and I was going to go today, but that got shifted to Saturday. So I'm just... You're holding out. I'm holding out for Saturday, but I think it'll be a really good time. I'm going to be sitting at the bar. Fun. And so I love just to have like a front row seat at what's going on. What Um, about you? Anywhere special?
0: I am headed to O'Fallon, Illinois this weekend to try Leono, a new Hawaiian restaurant that has opened in Oh, Fallon, Illinois. I am really curious to hear about this place. I can't wait to check it out. A little, a little taste of Hawaii here in the Midwest. We, uh, there's, you know, we've got a few Hawaiian spots, so it's not unheard of. So, um, yeah, looking forward to uh, heading across the river this weekend. That sounds great. Yep. So, okay. Well, thanks as always for tuning in, and we will catch you next time. Catch you next time.
1: Links and location information to all the restaurants mentioned in this episode can be found in our show notes. Our audio engineer is Alejandro Ramirez. Additional reporting for this episode was done by Ian Shaw, Michelle Volansky, and Lauren Healy. Episodes of The Sauce are recorded at the St. Louis Public Library's Creative Experience Studio. Find new episodes of The Sauce every Wednesday and listen and follow wherever you get your podcasts.